today. I'm Walt Thiessen. I've been doing this podcast since September of 2012, and boy, are my lips tired. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we're especially happy because longtime listener Sam Page, we've been trying to get him on as a co-host for like the last couple of weeks. Didn't work at audio issues, all kinds of stuff. We got it straightened out. And Sam is actually on the show today and able to talk to us and able to hear us. This is great. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. Third time's a charm, I guess. Right? It is, really. Yeah. So first of all, thanks for agreeing to be a co-host. This is fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have a history, right, of, of having co-hosts come on who have been listeners. That's, so this is like continuing a good tradition in that sense. Um, plus, also, uh, uh, our guest today is, is Ann O'Neill. We're going to be introducing her in a moment. But, Ann, hey, i got to tell you, one thing that's cool about Sam, Sam's also a pianist. So we actually get music on the program at times, too. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. And since this is the first one, we got to kick it off with there some music. Go. So there Oh, you go. shall I? <laughs> do you want to try it? Do you have the piano nearby? Can you do it? Yes. Let me just turn around here. Okay. Okay. How fun. Well, this actually got started um, a few weeks back, actually almost a month and a half ago, I think, when uh, Sam posted on his Facebook channel, he did a live stream of him uh, celebrating getting his piano tuned, and he did a little... Oh, yes. <laughs> and, okay. and so I said to him, ooh, can I play that on the show? He said, oh, yeah, sure. So it just, that's what kind of got the whole thing started. But oh, I love it. This is Give us a little improv. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was amazing. That oh, was so wow. awesome. You. Do you write your own music? Pretty much. Yeah. Most, most of the time now, what I play is just kind of improvise. Like I just kind of dial into energy and kind of let whatever come out, comes out, come out. <laughs> wow. That was, that was beautiful. I oh. definitely think you should be writing your own songs for sure. Thank you. Thank yes. you so much. And that's definitely a goal of mine. So I think I'm going to actually with that and, in general, I found a little more inspiration to do or get back into that a bit more soon. Yeah. Well, you, you also inspired me. I don't know if you knew that. Um, oh, I appreciate you, that. Because well, you, you play piano as well, Walt, don't you? Well, yeah, I, I, I took piano lessons until I was 13. Okay. I'm about to turn 65, so it's been over 50 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and literally for Christmas this year, my brother got me, ultimately he got me uh, one of these uh, low-cost electronic keyboards. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that would be really great. You know, so, okay, I started playing with it. And some of the touch is coming back, which is good. So I'm actually getting to the point now where I'm trying songs, seeing what I can play and so forth. So you inspired oh, me. Nice. Thank you very much. I love that. <laughs> That's incredible. Actually, during COVID, I also got an electronic keyboard. Did you I was really? like, I'm, Yeah, just to, you know, everybody's locked inside. I mean, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. I was just trying to see. I was like, maybe I can learn a new skill set. I'm like, you know, very, very young, but, uh, yeah, I at least learned how to play like happy birthday. So that yeah, to sure. say yeah. do happy birthday for my nieces. So yeah, uh, not, on, not quite at Sam's level, but, uh, I am inspired. Oh, I love that. Oh, happy really cool. <laughs> well, I can tell you this, we're going to be inspired by you in other ways, because let me, t- let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Ann O'Neill has <sighs> a, an amazing athletic career that started the whole thing off for her. I mean, she played women's basketball at Iowa State University. She was drafted into the WNBA. Yeah. And then after her career there, she she didn't stop. I mean, <laughs> she just kind of expanded beyond. It's like, that was like a start. That wasn't even an end point. That was a starting point for her. Yes. And that's, <laughs> and that's what she's going to tell us about today. So let me do the, the official welcome. Welcome, okay. Anne O'Neill, to the program. This is Oh, wow. This was just the, the best kickoff to uh, any time I've had a conversation between the piano playing and a great intro. This is great. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, tell, give us a little bit of history, okay? Because I just kind of hit the very high points. But talk about what it was like. You know, you, I know you grew up, you were like a Naismith Player of the Year and all that kind of stuff. But, but tell us about that stuff. Yeah, I, you know, and well, I gotta tell you, I loved your intro, especially about the piece about the basketball was just a starting point. And yeah. when you're, when you're that young, when you're in middle school, high school, and co- even college, 
your whole life is consumed with uh, like sports and school and you can't really see anything else. And it's one of those things that I've really looked at is like taking a real divergent look of not just focusing in so hard on one thing, but that's a huge world out there. And that's one of those things I discovered even just playing basketball. So I'm originally from uh, Iowa, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. My folks still live there. And I've got a sister that lives in Des Moines and I was just a very, very curious kid. I like was very interested in a lot of sports, a lot of animals, a lot of spirituality. I was one of those nerds that went to like the church on my own and like looked at stained glass windows. So anything <laughs> that I just thought that was bigger than me, I was really interested in and, and things I didn't understand, you know, like I was, I love your background because that reminds me I was even in like, you know, cool, um, like space after school space programs and stuff like that to, to, to discover new stuff. So I had a broad range of interests and, you know, started playing a little soccer. And then of course in the winter, it's really cold in Iowa and you can't play as much soccer. And I got into basketball and I just loved always challenging myself and seeing how you can get to that next bigger level and expand kind of like what you chatted about. So I started playing basketball. I went to a couple of national tournaments, um, like when I was 10 years old. And I saw kids from around the nation. I was in Terre Haute, Indiana at a national, I'll give you the, the when I really kind of um, honed in on basketballs. I was in Terre Haute, Indiana at a national tournament, 11 under national tournament. And at that time, I was the tallest player on my team. Mm. But when we played against teams from Minnesota and California and New York, I was the t the shortest compared to right? everyone on the entire team. So I was just like looking up like, oh my gosh, these kids are so big. These girls are so good at what they do. Mm -hmm. And that kind of gave me the insight. Like I got to get in the gym. If if they're that good, maybe I can put in some practice and, and start to develop my skill set. So that really opened my eyes to a big world out there. And you did too, because I, mean, I, I don't remember what the exact stats were, but I was looking at your college stats. You had some pretty good stats there. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I got to be very dedicated and uh, passionate about basketball. That, that was kind of the kickoff when I was 10 or 11. And mm. I got my first college letter uh, from the University of Northern Iowa when I was in sixth grade. And so that was like a recruiting, wow. <laughs> yeah, oh my so it's like a recruiting letter to be like, Hey, we'd love for you to join our team. And I was 12 <laughs> and that's when you're 18. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that was my first experience. And I was like, wow, I have a lot ahead of me. I better get to practice. So that, but that was, you know, small things kind of showed you that you were on the right path. Right. And that, you know, you know, to get to the next level, you just got to keep practicing and challenging yourself. And it's all about that mindset of where you want to be headed. So that was also between the tournament and receiving that first letter of recruitment was really, really big to, to be dedicated. And yeah, I kind of didn't stop since then. I was always dribbling. I was shooting. I would walk through airports with my basketball and sleep with my basketball. Way, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Oh yeah. It was back when you could get away with anything in an airport and I would like be doing between the, between the legs, just dribbling up and down the hallways, annoying everyone. So yeah, that was, that was my thing. I absolutely loved it. And I loved the coaches I got to, you know, be around the players, the different cities, different like nations I was able to play in. It, this was a lot of fun. It, it kind of reminds <laughs> me of a line from an old movie from the late 1990s, early 2000s, starring Sean Connery and Rob Brown called Finding Forrester. Ooh, and okay. One of the comments in the movie is uh, the mom of the young basketball player played by a very young Rob Brown. It was very, his very first role. Um, the mom says at one point, I've got Michael Jordan's name in dirt all over the floor in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I know my parents, my, they're like my best friends and they can align with that story perfectly. I had posters on the ceiling. I had tape down in the cement on the basement where I could dribble, you know, all, anything where I could like create a space for either motivation or a space to dribble. That's what I was doing. So. I totally cool. understand. <laughs> what, what was the most, I don't know what the best way to describe this, the most fun, the most exciting, the most amazing thing that happened throughout that entire cycle of playing in basketball? Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean, there's so many. There's just so many cool um memories. I'll say one of the, one of the coolest ones was I had Pat Summit and her uh, assistant Mickey DeMoss at the time. And Pat Summit is the late great coach, yeah. like one of the best all time coaches, whether men's or women's basketball Absolutely, uh, from the university of Tennessee. And she flew in on a private plane to go to one of my high school games. Wow. And I didn't know, I didn't know it at the time, you know, I came out to warm up and there was like this buzz and I could hear, you know, 
people kind of chattering and my coach pulled me over and was like, Pat's like way up in the stands, you know, they're kind of away, but everybody was like turning around and taking photos of her and stuff. And so I wasn't really prepared, but I, you know, we went out there and played and it was just so cool to have one of the greatest coaches, you know, take an entire yeah. night from Tennessee on a private jet to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It was actually even a away game. So it was at a different gym, but showed up there uh, for my game and it was, it was super fun. And, um, and it's actually a really cool story too, because everyone cared about Pat Summit. I forget about the the end of the game or however I played, but everybody wanted to talk to me after the game about Pat being there, Coach Summit being there. And uh, I had a couple of these guys. They were uh, mentally handicapped guys that would always come around to my games, mm. you know, throughout and keep stats. They'd be in the front row, <laughs> middle aged, you know, and so, but they were always just so happy. And they stayed after for the game. And of course, there was a blizzard. In no. Iowa, in the middle of the time. <laughs> and my parents, you know, they didn't even ask anything about Coach Summit or the game, but they said, how about we give Ryan and Greg a ride home through this blizzard? And so I remember wow. being in this huge van with those two guys, and they were so excited talking about stats and Pat Summit. Um, and my, but that was never brought up within my family until we got home. So it was really kind of cool. It was one of those memories, like it's always bigger than just the game or just whatever mm. you're up to there. And so that's kind of one of the memories that I love because it, you know, started off as a focus on something else and it was one of the biggest life lessons and memorable things that I had with my folks grow, uh, growing up. So it was really cool. Did, did you get the opportunity to meet her? Because I know there were rules involved where she's not allowed to tamper and so forth. So I'm, I'm not sure how far you were able to go with that. Right. No, no. Yeah, you're exactly right. With those um, college coaches and how they recruit high school athletes, at least back then, they weren't. you're not able to communicate at all. So really mm. not even supposed to do a wave or anything. They're just there to be present and watch you play. And so that's right. it. But, they, you know, they would write you letters afterwards or – and sometimes, depending on the time, there would be they could write emails, but there were so many different NCAA rules at that time. But no, yeah. I didn't get to talk to her. She she walked out, but it was just fun to fun experience sure. between that and my family, and you know, uh, just the community there. It was a really cool um, memory for me. So it was a cool memory for me too to hear about. It, in part because I, I like I told you before the show, I live in Connecticut, so obviously I'm a UConn <laughs> fan. Yes. And, and, and Gino Oriama and Pat Summit going head to head every year. I mean, you looked forward to that. That was like, that was, that was television. That's what you were going to watch. It the was. TV for. I mean, that was like CBS prime time. You know, right. they would, they would carve out Sunday afternoons to have the, the Tennessee and UConn matchups, number one, number two, usually oh, in the yeah. nation. Yeah. And it was, it was awesome to watch. And it was, you know, really, really cool to be a part of, you know, with a recruiting process and then playing division one and having some of my own similar experiences is a lot of fun. But yeah, you can't beat UConn. And Gino and and all of their traditions up too. So it's fun to play women's basketball, and it's getting even bigger and bigger and more mm. on the main stage. So super fun. I think uh, we were talking also before the show. There was a big uh, NCAA game um, in the tournament this year that just got played between NC State and UConn. It was a great game, really really well played oh, game. Yeah. There, there was a tweet that I I saw reported by the expert from Dawn Staley. Don Staley said, to all you women's basketball haters out there, take that. I thought it was good. <laughs> I did. I think I saw that one too. And, and you, and for all the listeners out there, she's not even one of the coaches of those, uh, teams. She coaches no. South Carolina. Which so is, she's just like, like, hey, this is what, this is, yeah, yeah, this is what women's basketball looks like when, right. when they get in a great game and especially coming down to the elite eight. So, so fun for the sport just to see it growing and the name, image and likeness that's happening. Yeah. You know, it's really actually benefited a lot of female athletes and all of their social media followers. So it's fun to see that. And that's just, you know, a couple of months in. So we're going to just see that grow. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to get better and better, but it didn't stop for you. I mean, you did finish your college career. You had a great college career. You got drafted in the WNBA. So that was pretty cool. But then the time comes when, where you finally got to the point where you had to put basketball behind you. And then you went through a thought process, I imagine. What was that like? (laughs) Yes, you're, you're right. I, uh, you know, when you get done playing, and I actually got drafted, I I didn't know that I was going to get drafted. So I was like sitting, watching a football scrimmage. It was like the red and gold <laughs> football scrimmage. And somebody's like, you got drafted. And I was like, so it wasn't in New York, you know, in the cool TV these days. And I was like, I did. I'm like, how'd that happen? And that's so cool. So I, that's how I found out, uh, very, very randomly. And it was just, it was just such a shock because my entire focus that senior year, I had, I had torn my ACL, which is I'd torn my knee, mm. um, earlier in my career at Iowa State. And we'd missed the NCAA tournament one of the years. And I just was really focused on, making that year really great for our five seniors 
and then getting to the NCAA tournament. I actually had NCAA or bust written on my tennis shoe. Ah. Like every time I would, you know, shoot a free throw, I would see it. It was just written there. That's was my main goal. So when I got drafted, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even kind of remember that that could happen. So, <laughs> so it was a surprise, but it was awesome. And I got drafted to the Sacramento Monarchs. I actually mm. was injured at the time. Uh, so I, you know, was one of the first people to be let go because I was injured. I, I couldn't even practice. I had yeah. stress fractures in my ankles, but then I came back the next year and they had won the championship the year before. So it's kind of a fun story. Oh. They had me back the next year to come out and, and play and they had won the championship. So we ended up getting to play in Madison square garden Ooh. and going to the white house. And we got to meet, I think it was president Bush at the time, but you know, just being on the white house lawn, because when you win the championship, you get to go to the white house. And yeah. since I was a new member on the team, I still got to go. So it was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm almost like, Hey, I got to play in Madison square garden where, you know, I watched Michael Jordan and Larry Bird play yeah, games. So right. yeah, it was a, and all the cool concerts, of course. So of course. there's always lots of little, um, fun details that happen that you just never know what's right around the corner for you when you keep on, you know, pressing forward and, and seeing what's out there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you, okay. So first I, sorry, I got off on a tangent about WNBA, but yes, it came a time where I couldn't play anymore. We'll start there. Um, and, uh, so I'd known basketball my whole life. I actually got into TV color commentating. Mm. So we just said that awesome TV game, you know, between, um, NC state and UConn, all the people that are putting up the graphics, you know, you know, talking about the game, telling the cool storylines, so that's what I was doing um, for a while, for a couple of years with Fox Sports and you okay. know, different um, universities in the Big 12. And it was a lot of fun because you got to see it from, you know, being a player. And then I coached Division I uh, basketball for a little bit at Eastern Illinois oh, University as really? an assistant coach. Yeah, so I coached for a couple of years. So I got that perspective. And then doing the TV, then you get a third perspective. So, and, yeah. and of course, I'm a fan. So I felt like I got to see the game from a very holistic view. And it was so fun. But at that time, I kind of looked and I said, what other skill sets can I add to my repertoire? Because I know quite a bit about basketball, you know, so, and I know the game, but let's see what else I can challenge myself with. And that's when I got into business and performance consulting and have developed my career um, since then. But yeah, it was always one of those things where I'm like, you can always go back to basketball. You know, I have a 20 year history with, uh, with basketball and the sport sure. and, and different angles of it. So it was a lot of fun, and then it helped propel, you know, my my business career as well. How did you end up making your decisions about how where, how and where you wanted to go, though? Because that's really what it comes down to. You have to kind of sit down and say, what do I really want? <laughs> if I had that all figured out, man, I, you could help me right now. But <laughs> I've tried my best. You know, there's nothing that, like, works every time. Um, but I will say, similar to what I did when I was an athlete is, you know, we mentioned or I mentioned that, you know, I got that letter from the University of Northern Iowa, the recruitment letter. Well, that put my future six years, eight years in front of me of like where I wanted to be playing division one basketball. Mm -hmm. And so I always looked at that future point and then, okay, how do I get there? And then I would start being able to fill it in. And in business, we call that reverse engineering. Like you're already on that future state in 2025, but like, what are the steps that I need to take towards that? And, and those are, those are the things that I do the best at when I put that point in the future, reverse engineer and start going, okay, I'm here, but how did I get here? And then I start looking backwards. So that's what I did. I wanted to work in business and I got into medical and dental sales, um, in different places. And then I moved to South Florida. That was also something I'm like, I like to be warm. I like to be by the water. How do I get out of the Midwest? <laughs> I said, I'm from Iowa. And I was like, all right, I'll go there and I'll just meet people, you know, but I was like, I'm going to be by the, and I've been down here for about eight years, which oh, I wow. love. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and from the business with the background I had in athletics, I was really able to kind of connect those. So it's almost like one of those Venn diagrams where I had performance in one and business uh, in another. And then I was able to get into performance consulting where right now I work for Palo Alto networks. It's a cybersecurity company. And what I do is I'm a performance consultant and I work with engineers and we work with the global 2000 clients. Let's take Coca-Cola, for instance, and we help them with a cybersecurity strategy. But does cybersecurity really matter? No, it matters how people interact with each other and if they're all aligned to the same vision. So we get everybody speaking the same language and into that same goal of where they want to be in 18 months or, you know, 
three years down the line. So that's what I do with performance is very similar to aligning a basketball team or a football team or a symphony where you have all yeah. different instruments and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, everybody's playing their own instrument, but they're all playing up to the same song. So that's kind of what it looks like to bring it full circle back to the piano. There you go. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that one too. See, you have to also understand she's also started her own podcast, so she's getting used to the idea of doing segues. Um, (laughs) Oh, wait, let me see if I can get my camera back on, if you guys can hear me. We hear you just fine, but still still here. Okay, well, let's keep going. I'll be here. Uh, I don't know. I'll try to get my video back going. Cameras sometimes just have, you know, they have hissy fits. What can I tell you? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you're back. Okay. I'm back. But yeah, uh, the fact that you're, you're, you started a podcast uh, last fall, I think it was. Is that when you started it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, had, I had been thinking about it for a while, but you know, it's always again, taking that action to get, to get moving. So yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and called get busy living. And, and where did that come from? Yeah. Uh, so it's called the get busy living podcast and it's a, it's a great thing. So I'll tell you the main focus of it is a podcast to discover what ignites people to be bigger than themselves. So everyone's got these great stories and you see, especially on social media, everyone doing really great, but sometimes you don't get to see all the stuff that they do for their communities or charity work or nonprofits. And so each guest comes on and, you know, shares their growth mindset story and you know what they've been up to. And then also talking about how they give back to the community. So I get to learn a lot about their nonprofits and charities and new and cool ways to give back. So it's good vibes because I have some cool music in the beginning, growth mindset and giving back. So those are the the main themes of it. And the get busy living, it does come from, if you guys are thinking of it, the Shawshank Redemption quote, where he says, get busy living or get busy dying. And then he chooses to to get busy living. Um, and I, <laughs> and, uh, I'll tell you a quick story, a quick family story, if you don't mind where the sure. where it comes in. Okay. So Get Busy Living started in my family. It was September of, I think, 2017, and my parents were having their 45th wedding anniversary. Oh. And I was planning, you know, all these fun things. My sister was planning, like, the limo and a professional photographer and, like, a night out with all of the adults in my family. And I kind of do some of the creative stuff, you know, like making koozies or stickers and videos and all that kind of fun things. Well, I come out with with those things, videos and a koozie and stickers, all these things that say GBL on them, 45, to get busy living. Well, my dad literally at the same time comes out with hats and T-shirts for the whole family that say GBL on them. And we had never spoken about it before. We had never even <laughs> said get busy living or GBL before. And we looked at each other and I'm like, how did you come up with that? He's like, I don't know. I don't, he's like, how did you? And so... So now it's one of those things, like if you think of YOLO or Carpe Diem, GBL is that to us of, you know, it's present moment, move forward to the future, you know, kind of seize the day kind of a thing. So it's like, are you GBLN? I'm GBLN. So that's where it comes from with the, the Get Busy Living is that story. And it's been a lot of fun adventure since then with my family. We've been to Sedona and Key West and uh, Nashville, so many different things, but we'll all have our hats. And people are like, what does GBL mean? And we're like, are you busy living? And they're like, oh, I want that. So they want like stickers. And then there's, then it's kind of like you're building a little com- fun community and people are really happy. So it's kind of where it all came from. And, uh, I actually am creating a little video because I've had so many people be like, why did you name it? Get busy living. It's in one of the podcasts, but I need to like make a video so people know that's where it came from. What do you think, Sam? I think this is like a perfect connection to your daily dose of happy on Elevate today. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like the podcast name right away because it makes me think of like being present in the now and just like trusting yeah. in the moment and just living. Yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. You're right. Right on. So we're definitely on the same wavelength. That's a cool thing too. <laughs> and you and your dad apparently are on the same wavelength. I know. <laughs> I, I had no idea. So it was, you should have seen me because I didn't think he was going to bring anything. I mean, he was the guest of honor with my mom and I'm like, <laughs> How did that happen? But he always <laughs> likes creating fun stuff too. And we just happen to be on the somewhere in the universe on the same wavelength with the GBL. So, and so now it's kind of our family thing and we're, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do my best to spread it, um, to, you know, everybody else. And hopefully they're GBLing out there too. Kind of what Sam just said. Cool. I love yeah. it. That is great. Yeah. So, so you're on a path now where you're building up a podcast. You, you, you have your regular career that you're still doing. Um, and it's almost like, isn't that enough? But is there more? I mean, are there other things going on that you want to tell us about? Yeah, I'd love to. So, you know, 
I put on, so you can go to anneoneal.co is my website. No apostrophe. I know it's very strange, but my apostrophe always messes things up. So it's anneoneal.co and you can kind of see some of the history of my basketball career, my mindset career, and a little bit of um, the media stuff that I've been up to. I haven't put on there yet, but I love to travel because this is one of those things that I've, you know, I'm sure a lot of people love to, but I think I'm almost up to 40 countries. So that's in the future of loving to uh, travel a little bit more. And the reason I bring that up is because a lot of the times I was doing different um, volunteer like networks with that. And one of the guys I had on the podcast um, created Dreams for Life in Bali. And where they basically do Montessori in a box, which is education for all these underprivileged kids that are in poverty. So I got to learn about that. And I was like, I need to come support and be in the school and like volunteer my time there. So I'd love to do that in the future. And this also tied back to the website because I was working on it right before this call, but putting some merch, some GBL merchandise on there where the profits go back to helping you know, a few of the different charities that I've had on, uh, on the show. So I'd love to get some merch in there. And, um, those are a couple of things I'm like specifically working on. And I got to tell your listeners, you know, when you take it, when you, when you start creating something like a podcast or, you know, a YouTube channel or even a TikTok dance, whatever it is that, you know, inspires you, even that tiny action opens up new doors and new paths that you didn't think were out there. So whether it's new people, new connections, networks, or even for yourself, for me, it opened up the creative door a little bit more. And then I really started to focus on, you know, writing a children's book. I haven't done it yet, but it's on my list, you know, to try to Mm -hmm. challenge myself and also kind of usher in some of that creativity. Because I think when you take you know, one step towards something, things kind of start coming towards you a little bit more. So I always just say, whatever you can do to lean into something, even the piano or the electric uh, keyboard, you know, just that even starting out somewhere opens new ideas for you that you'd never were, would have thought that, you know, were possible. So that's kind of one of them. That's actually a beautiful description of the, how the law of attraction works, what you just gave there. So that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, and I wanted to talk to you about that. How did you start the name of the law of attraction for with this show? (laughs) Well, uh, my listeners know the story, so, but I'll tell the, the brief, the, the abridged Okay. The brief use. Okay. Great. (laughs) Um, I I had a business that I had started in the 1990s and that I ultimately went full time with in 2002. Um, and I was, Doing web design, this, of course, is the early days mm-hmm. of the internet. And so I was doing web design primarily for small nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. In fact, almost exclusively for, for them. And then the 2008 financial crisis comes along and all of my clients got wiped out of business oh, because yeah. nobody wants to give money during a financial crisis. So they <laughs> yes. all closed their doors. And when they yes. closed their doors, guess what that did to my business? It wasn't so pretty. <laughs> it was a very unhappy thing. Uh, and my wife was also self-employed. Um, in her case, she was actually able to get some money selling her business because we knew the business it was a gardening business. And again, that's one of those right. things that you don't need in a financial crisis. Mm-hmm, you, you, mm-hmm. You're, you're preserving your cash in a, in a financial crisis. So we spent the next four years just trying to survive, oh. just absolutely trying to survive. And we weren't doing a very good job. We were getting very, very deep in debt. Mm. Um, that we, I, even working for ourselves, we were basically earning the equivalent of minimum wage. That's how oh my bad gosh. things were. It was mm. really rough. And then by the time 2012 comes along, I had, I had seen the movie The Secret. Yes. And yes. You know, like most people who had seen it, I had some understanding of it, but there were also areas that didn't make a lot of sense. And so I was thinking, well, if there's any time when I could really use The Secret, this is it. <laughs> right. Let me try it. Let me try it out. But the problem is I didn't have any money. Mm. I, so I, I couldn't hire a coach. I couldn't, I couldn't even buy a book. That's how bad things are. Oh my God. How am am I going to do this? And I said, Oh, wait a minute. There's this thing called podcasting that's getting popular. I know Mm -hmm. what I'll do. I will start a podcast and I will invite on experts who can teach me how all this stuff works for free. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. What a great idea and very intuitive to like come up with that. I love that. And the best part is that it worked. <laughs> oh my, absolutely. That is so amazing. Um, but what, what was the real surprise though? And I've said this part too, is that I, I did it initially for that. Cause I was just, I was trying to figure out how to, to help us survive. And, and I did learn and, and we had some amazing stuff that happened, but I also found something that shocked the hell out of me. 
I loved doing the podcast. <laughs> I didn't expect that part. Right. <laughs> that oh. part was a surprise. <laughs> well, that worked out nicely. Yeah, well, it did. It worked out great. But what was even more amazing is once a week wasn't enough. Oh After about gosh. four years of that, I needed to do more. I started doing it. Actually, I started doing it twice a day, five days a week. And I, that was actually too much. That is did, amazing. Wow. <laughs> but I did that for a year. Then we kind of scaled it back. And now I've been doing it once a day, five days a week. And that's actually about the time in, in that, that period where I made those changes. That's where your daily dose of happy came into it. Oh, I because love that. I was getting so much happiness out of it. And I was getting feedback from listeners who, by the way, I was doing no marketing. Yeah. No marketing at all. People were just kind of showing up. So it was pure really law of attraction. <laughs> Absolutely pure law of attraction. And and it was great. I love that. And then they were sending me emails saying how it was lifting them up. It was getting their giving their days a pickup. So I, that's where your daily dose of happy came from. <sighs> this and so is ever since so then cool. our goal's been just every single episode, do an episode so that when you compare the beginning of the episode to the end, everybody feels better. If you oh. have that, you just had a winning episode. And that's oh, what we look at. That's so time. great. I'm okay. I'm stealing that. I love that idea. <laughs> I, I love that idea. Or I guess, you know, sharing and partaking in that. So your listeners are going to love this story. So not okay. everything is awesome and cherry blossoms, right? Mm. So you, you went through the, um, you know, the downturn of 2008. So, oh, yeah. so my story of really honing into the law of attraction and the secret happened during the pandemic. So I was originally at a consulting firm. It was a Forbes 2020 top consulting firm, mm -hmm. but similar to 2008, not a lot of large businesses were shelling out $200,000 for a five day, five day consulting, you know, right. firm thing. So, yeah. so that, you know, no one, businesses weren't paying out money for consulting. They were like, we'll figure this out on our own through the pandemic. So I was at this consulting firm and they had to let go of about three fourths of the people because of, wow. you know, the pandemic. Yeah. And I was one of them. It was a regular zoom call at like noon, a regular noon meeting. And they're like, we got to let everybody go. It didn't, I didn't have any idea. So, so I shut my computer and I had that moment where I'm like, I have a feeling that this could be the best thing that's ever happened for me. And so sometimes wow. you got to tune into that, but I, you know, not at that moment, but I was like, thought, okay, future and we'll, we'll help this out. So I shut my computer and a lot of people, you know, needed to jump into other positions, whether it was consulting or business sales. And I said, I'm going to sit and wait until I kind of start figuring my way through this. And what ended up happening I think you guys will love this is I was already a huge Joe Dispenza fan, Dr. Joe Dispenza, oh, yeah. who is also in the secret. I'd read, um, breaking the habit of being yourself and supernatural. Um, but I had had the Gaia, uh, subscription, which okay. is, you know, the spiritual yoga kind of, um, different documentaries on there, which also I think has the secret on it. But mm -hmm. I watched rewired by Dr. Joe Dispenza during yeah. this period, probably a couple weeks after I got let go. And I was, you know, I was low vibe then, but I swear I would watch it on repeat. It was probably 10 episodes, 30 minutes each. And it was like how your body actually works, chemicals and how to meditate and how the law of attraction, the magnetism really does work. And so I watched this on repeat and I feel like I just got a lot of it through osmosis. And then I started to kind of come out of where I was low vibe and I started to be like, okay, where's Anne? We talked about the reverse engineering. I'm like, where am I at in 2022 and 2021? I started to hone in on tech tech companies and cybersecurity companies, and I found the position that I have now with Palo Alto Networks about three months after I was, you know, kind of really strategizing of where I wanted to go. And it it was it was so similar to the consulting work I'd already done. And the person who was reading my application also went to Iowa State University. I think there was ah. something in the university in the universe there. <laughs> and since that time, I've been to two of Dr. Joe Dispenza's actual week-long courses, uh, and they have been transformative in my life. I do a walking meditation every morning on the beach for about an hour. Mm. It is something like that's a non-negotiable, which I don't like saying because everything's negotiable, right? But it's one of those things that I know my day and the people and the creativity and where I want to go in the future changes when I do these meditations. And mm. it's so funny, you know, I got my podcast off the ground, which I had had an idea of for three years, but you finally started to kind of take that next step. And I, yes. so the law of attraction is I definitely believe in it no matter what, you know, when you have an elevated intention and elevated emotion going towards where you want to be. So it was a very low point in my life. And all of this transpired since then, which was a, you know, again, a great position, a great job. 
ability to be able to give back and create, um, you know, new projects and, you know, a new lifestyle for me with the meditation. It was, it was profound. So I just wanted to say, I was like, I'm, I am 100% a secret fan, an LOA fan, all of it. So for any of you listeners out there that might be low vibe, just keep listening to your inner self and, you know, trying to find those next steps that really kind of make you feel warm and make you feel good inside. and, And it starts to kind of show up slowly. Absolutely true. Oh, by the way, I want to take a moment to say hello to a couple of people who tuned in on the live stream. So there's Sue and I see Pam and Luke, who's a regular. Luke and saying, hey uh, hello, lovely to see you. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. It's always great to have a few of the listeners tune in on the live stream. Really, really good. If, by the way, if you have any questions for Ann too, type it in. We'll be glad to, to ask her. But uh, I love what you're saying. Um, I, I love the fact that over, I mean, it's gotten to the point now where LOA today, yeah, we talk about law of attraction, but it's, it's, it's a minor topic now because mm-hmm. after the first 200 episodes, I mean, how much more do you have to say, right? So. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it, but it's still true. So once in a while we got to yeah. like, just remind everybody to, you know, hone in on it. So yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. it is, it's important stuff, but it, the, the thing that I love about it, and I think you were kind of touching on this indirectly is not only is it important to just do the trusting within and so forth, but it's also important to find the joy in the exploration. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it absolutely is. I, um, during that low time, I even wrote something on Thrive Global that will speak to this. You know, a lot of times people are like post on LinkedIn, like I need a new job or whatever. And I, I did go inward and I, <laughs> I channeled some of my inner, uh, I would say animal instincts. And so <laughs> one of them was like lay like a lion and I would lay all day until I had the motivation. And during those two hours, I would knock something out. But the rest of the time, I didn't give myself a hard time about it. And. I, I think I wrote, I wrote about elephants because they have huge ears, but they actually listen with their feet. And so I'm like, okay, where am I at? And how can I, you know, use this vibration moving outward? Cause they can listen for miles through their feet, which was nice. something I loved. I told you I was an animal fan. And then yeah. um, I live in South Florida and the sea turtles can be born here in South Florida and travel all the way to South Africa and all the way wow. back. They'll lay their eggs within a hundred yards of where they were born. So that's the magnetism that they have an inner compass of being able to swim all the way to South Africa, or I should say Africa and back to wherever on the East coast that they were, you know, they were hatched within a hundred yards, they'll lay their eggs. And I'm like, that is so cool because you do have a compass like that within you. If you kind of just tune into it a little bit. So that was also part of the, the things that I was doing during that time and watching rewired and, I was like, I'm going to do anything that has to do with animals and not people for a little bit and see how it, see how it goes. So those things, those things definitely, definitely worked for me. Um, one other thing I can offer that still works for me is, you know, we talk about those future states and where you're going and reverse engineering those. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have vision boards, which are amazing of what you mm-hmm. want and look at. I, I do that, but I put it into a photo album on my phone. And then I'll put it to a song. So then all of these future pictures are like flashing through my, you know, eyes when, you know, whether I'm meditating or, you know, after I've watched it so many times or that song that you kind of, again, start to learn that by osmosis. So that's also a, 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 a little cheat to always have. Oops. Your, your voice just cut out there. The mic just cut out. I'm not sure what's going on there, but your, your voice just looks, it looks like you're muted at your end for some reason. And I'm not sure why. Did your mic get um, unplugged or something? I don't know. Could be. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's back. Now it's back. Are Are you guys there? But it's not your mic. Now we're hearing through your uh, laptop mic or whatever you're using. I mean, it's fine. We we can hear you. It's just that it's not not your regular microphone. So I don't know what happened. I can't hear you. Sorry. You can't hear us. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) See, Sam, it's not just you. Yeah. There's always something with the tech. Can you hear us? Nothing. Oh, she's going to try to log out, log in. Okay. That is fair. That's, but uh, it just shows you. I mean, well, you know what it's like when you have audio. Oh, yes. It doesn't quite work the way you expect it to. It throws you off. It's like, wait a bit. This is supposed to be easy. What happened to easy technology, right? Right. You don't yeah. anticipate. You just you don't go anticipate. A great yeah. conversation. I, actually, I was thinking about asking you something anyway. So I'm going to use this, this break while she's trying to reconnect here to ask you. Cause she was talking about her love of the animals and so forth and how she kind of oh, meditates yeah. on that. Do you do that at all? Cause I know you've been through some stuff in the last few months, especially. Do you ever uh, tie into animals when you're, when you're trying to, to get into a better place? I'm curious. 
very good idea. I haven't, but like, I'm always, I, I, I love animals in general. Like I love dogs and cats and I don't have any pets, but I'd love one. And yeah, it's interesting. That's interesting to think about. Cause I never thought of that, but. Yeah. Because pets are great, certainly for just, you know, directly interacting with them in order to get your vibe up. Right. I mean, we know that. Oh yeah. If I want to get a quick lift, I just go pet the cats for a bit and play with them for a few minutes. And then they'll just pick you right that. So, so we know that part is good, but also the idea. Well, first of all, she created some pretty cool metaphors. Lay like a lion. Luke pointed out. Yeah, that, that was, was a really cool. good one, right? But there's also just the connecting into animals in terms of, of not not just the direct interaction with your own pets, but just animals in general. She was talking about sea turtles in Florida. I mean, she doesn't have sea turtles in the backyard. I'm sure. Right. Right. That, right. Yeah, and that was fascinating. I didn't know that about sea turtles, so I learned something, and that's a really cool idea to just try to vibrationally connect with them but clearly that's what she's doing she's connecting she, yeah. I mean, and, and she's connecting because it's through interest like i'm really fascinated by these guys who can lay the eggs within 100 yards of where they were born you know yeah. so i gotta learn more about them and so forth that's so, so cool it just goes to show you can connect in a lot of ways absolutely animals, which is really really great so I think Ian may be actually resolving this. I'm hoping she's, she's, she's just trying to do like a, a disconnect and a reconnect here. And there I'm not sure where she's at. Let me see if I can bring her on. There. How's it going there? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah. hear you. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I win, I win old school headphones. So let's try that out. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll live with that. That's right. Hey, the main thing is we can hear you. That's the most important thing, you know? That is, that so. is awesome. And I was just thinking, what a great time for Sam to be the co-host then. So you guys can chat, Definitely. even if yeah. just oh, yeah. chat in case there's technical issues. Right. <laughs> there all kinds of reasons. But you know what part of it is though? I found over the years, this is true doing, I've done over 1600 episodes. So after a while, you kind of get patterns going. And, <laughs> and the one pattern I found that really plays out, conversations among three are the best ones. Ooh, okay. Conversations with two are really good. Four mm -hmm. is really good. Three, there's something about three that creates like a magical connection. And I don't know what it is, but the best podcasts have always had three people involved. Oh. I love it. I, I'm only, I think, eight episodes in maybe. So I'm going to take your 1600 <laughs> there you and, go. and go off of that. I love that there idea. You go. <laughs> I know this has been awesome and fun with you guys for sure. Oh, good. Uh, we got a question for you. Oh, okay. Um, I'm back Luke, on it. <laughs> Luke has a question. He says, Ann, did you make a, uh, like, did you make like a video of pics and set the music to it? Or were you listening to music and looking at the photo album? Ooh, great. Great question. I've done both, but I actually used an app called Splice, and I know there's a million different video apps. I mean, I think you can even use your iMovie app on your phone if you have an Apple iPhone. But I did specifically pick out a song that I knew was going to put me into, like, a really great mind frame and a mindset state. So I put in, you know, 40 maybe 40 or so pictures and a song, two to three minute song to it. And then I do watch it usually every morning and maybe once throughout the day. So, and then it's fun because then when you're driving your car and you hear the song, you're like, oh my gosh. And then you start to, to see it again. And, and definitely during those meditations, those pictures start flashing quite a bit. So I do like the song and, you know, it's a way to kind of get you pumped up for the day. So, and again, that, that um, app that worked for me was Splice, but I think you can use any video app for sure. That makes sense. And yeah. then he also had another question, and this is for all of us. He says, what's your guy's favorite animal? <laughs> uh, fantastic. Uh, I would say for me, which I mentioned was the sea turtle, because I was just absolutely blown away with the fact that they have such a compass on them that they can swim for thousands and thousands of miles and, you know, end up right where they need to be. And I, so, and I, I get to see them quite often down here in South Florida. They, they come in around and eat all the, um, different seagrass and things like that. So they pop up and I love it. So those that's mine for sure. That's cool. <laughs> what about you guys? It's a tough call for me. Um, the first two that come to mind are monkeys and zebras. I love them. But I like giraffes too. And of course I love dogs and cats and such, but yeah, I like a lot of animals. Oh, so cool. And I have to pick our cats. We have two cats. Oh. Harmony. Two black cats, and they are they are a joy, and they are harmonious with us. Harmony isn't always harmonious, but she tries. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Har- Harmony sometimes feels like Joy really shouldn't be in the house. Like this is her territory, mm. and you know what are you doing here? But we, we've convinced her to be you know a little bit more open-hearted, and okay, Joy gets to live here too, especially during the winter months because <laughs> he's more of the outdoor cat. He's the one who likes to hang out twenty-four-seven outdoors, and oh. you really can't do that with a Connecticut winter. It doesn't oh, work. Yes, so yes. yeah, so. But he, he's gotten used to being inside and she's gotten used to having him there. So that, that's a good part. But yeah, mm-hmm. we love they're terrific. And they're, the best part about them is um, they found us. Oh, they, really? They were abandoned by people who lived across the street from us back when we were living in Virginia, which was uh, mm-hmm. uh, around 2000, actually around the time that I started the podcast, everything, yeah. everything was crashing. Um, and we didn't know it. Our neighbors across the street had actually been evicted from their house. And they oh. left four cats, not just two, four cats they had abandoned behind. Wow. And one of them, Joy, the one, um, one of the ones we kept, um, ended up finding us. And then we found Harmony shortly after that. And then there were two others who we called Yoda and Lady. Yoda had, <laughs> I just like yeah. the character. I mean, he looked like yeah, Yoda. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. And then Lady. And the only problem was the house we were living in at the time had a no pet clause in lease. Mm. So that was a little bit. <laughs> tricky because we had four cats in the house. Oh my gosh, <laughs> right, right. And on top of that, we were, we were at a point where we really needed to leave Virginia. We were preparing to move back to Connecticut where we had reached, originally lived before. Mm-hmm. And the place we were moving into, we could have pet, pets, but we could only have two cats. Oh. So we ended up having to leave two of them behind, which was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, through sheer determination and the power of the internet and friendship connections and so forth, we ended up after getting back to Connecticut, we ended up finding homes for the cats. Oh, good, um, yeah. So that worked nice. out really well. But oh. yeah, I, I I love all kinds of animals, but I don't think it's it's really easy to pick the ones that live with you day by day under <laughs> somebody else. They they really right. have some first. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, I love it. I love it. I do have a I do have a ten pound Yorkie poodle named Wrigley. Oh. And uh, and he's great. So like the Chicago Cubs, because I was from Iowa and we don't have special sports, but yeah, yeah but Wrigley. Okay. So I do love him. He's 15 now, but he's oh. asleep. Yeah, he's mm. asleep, but he's great. So now oh. he just cuddles. Sounds super cute. <laughs> I guess I should I should pick him too, but I I like all the animals. It's all good. I'm trying to. I can't remember anybody ever telling me they named their animal after a sports facility. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? If you're from the Midwest, Wrigley is a big deal, or like that's a big deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know. There you go. Oh, well, Cubs, you don't Cubs think fans are Fenway. Like, there's got to be a Fenway dog <laughs> or cat out there somewhere. Well, perhaps Fenway is a different <laughs> environment. I mean, let's be honest. It's the center of Boston, and Boston. Let's. Uh, well, okay. Boston, I did. I don't full, know. Full full disclosure. I grew up a Yankee fan, so this is a, this is like you know, <laughs> right, Yankees, right. Red Sox. You know, but uh, uh, honestly, I have total respect for the Red Sox organization. But truly, uh, Red Sox fans are fierce. They are fierce fans. <laughs> And, and Cubs fans are too, but Cubs yeah. are, I mean, it's the middle Midwest, right? They're, right. they're, they're in a laid back way. They're a little, yeah, they don't have as much edge as maybe right. some of those. Red Sox fans, fans, they're like in your face, you know, <laughs> and, and yeah. God help you if you're a Yankee fan. Don't even mention it. And don't, <laughs> don't show right. a logo. Don't show a hat. Don't show anything. You don't, you're not welcome here. It's yeah. very clear. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> Which is one of the things I love about New England. New England people are very correct. I really appreciate that about New Englanders. Some people have trouble with that, but man, I just love the honesty. I really, really do. <laughs> you could get along down here in South Florida. There's many of them that yeah, down, well, here, down here now. They're the ones we call the snowbirds, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> For right now, the snowbirds, right on. Yeah, they're getting ready to fly north, but yes, that's exactly where they are. And I actually think about being a snowbird because um, I don't really want to live in Florida. 20, you know, 24, seven, 365, mm-hmm. but it is nice in the winter. I got to tell you that yeah. it's beautiful. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Well, um, let's get back a little bit to what we were talking about okay. before the mic cut out on us. Oh my God. Um, but, uh, no, it's all good. We were talking about a number of different things, but I, I want kind of, kind of tie into one theme that you were sort of broadly addressing along the time where you were talking about how you really like the law of attraction and you're your a believer and so forth. Mm-hmm. You, you were hinting at the idea of always, I'll say it in my terms rather than your terms, always finding a way to tune in and find what's going on that's good. Yes. And I wanted you to elaborate on that in terms of your experience and why you found that to be so helpful and, and maybe even like a story or two of how that's worked out well for you. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what an awesome topic that you could go on for <laughs> hours about. I was just thinking, you know, that's even why I started. I, I'm known for that, by the way. Right, right. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's very Ten minutes left of the show. Okay. Let's yeah. see if we can condense a two-hour conversation into ten minutes. <laughs> okay. Look, I already talk fast, but I can try my best. Uh, you know, yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, life presents so many, you know, negative things. Like you turn on the TV and there can be negativity or social media, you know, comments. Who knows what it is, but... I just feel like that's become bigger and louder because it's so accessible these days to have negativity. And, and it's almost easy. It's almost lazy to just kind of be like, well, the world is falling apart or we're going to have another recession or whatever it might be. That's negative that you want to talk about. It's, it's kind of easy to do that. And so it's, but it's just as easy if you look and be like, but there's so much possibility. There's so much opportunity. There's so many great people that are doing awesome stuff in the world you just might have to take an extra step to go find them or, you know, search for it. Uh, so that's kind of one of those things that I chose really early on. I mean, even when I was playing basketball, I had, you know, when I was in high school, I could have a 25 point game and the title would be O'Neal sucked. They lost the game. And, you know, at 15, yeah, I, that's like, that was, that was always the thing. At 15, I had to learn, like, how do you, Whatever happened for me in that game, whether we won, lost, or whatever the newspaper said, see, it was a newspaper back then, but now people just put it everywhere on social media or the news. Right. But how do I move from that and move forward into the future? And I do think some of those experiences at a very young age when I had to like be like, all right, I didn't play that well, or we lost by 20, you know, how am I going to get like lace my sneakers back up and get back into the gym for the next game? Because then it's like, well, now I got to keep moving forward into the next game. And I think when I was a kid, those, that mindset of that growth mindset, that's, you know, one of the buzzwords. And it's one of the things that we talk about on my show, but people understand it because you get to choose to look at things in a way and a light and a lens that's optimistic, that there's possibility that we can create a great future, no matter what's happened on that day, that hour, the last year, you know, like getting let go. How do I make the best out of this opportunity? You know, you can look at it like, my life is falling apart or how can I create literally the dream job that I want to make? And, you know, you get, you end up being somewhere close to that thing. It might not be exactly what it looks like a relationship or city or whatever it might be, but I think you get closer to whatever you look at. And that is kind of the lens that I think is the biggest deal is there is positivity. There's great people, there's opportunities out there. And just how do we shift just a little bit more into thinking like, you know, one of the best ones that I always think of is I'm like, what if this is the best decision that I could possibly ever make, you know, of like moving to that city or, you know, you know, uh, trying a new job or, you know, trying piano lessons, whatever that might be. But what if this is the one decision that's the best one that I could have possibly, possibly make? And so I just look at it that way and then I make a decision and I, and I start heading that way. And of course, just like a GPS and just like, you know, back in the day, you know, we're, whatever, even if you put a GPS in your phone, it might put you on a detour, but you still end up somewhere close to where you wanted to go. And I, I always understand like, Hey, this might be great. I might find a new coffee shop or meet a friend somewhere. So, um, yeah, those are kind of some of the experiences I've had and the way that, you know, I think that started off as a young, at a young age. And I think for me, my experience is it's pretty easy to look at things negatively. It's kind of like our survival mechanism. That's how our brains, you know, we're structured for survival, which is always off of the past. So if something negative's happened to you or a family member, you tend to worry or, you know, come from the past. And that growth mindset is really about that creative space where you have a blank canvas. Anything is possible. You just look at it through a new lens. So that's that. That's very good. I like that a whole <laughs> lot. Yeah, that's really, really good. <laughs> Did you have anything, Sam, to add to that? Hmm, good question. I'm sure I do. I can't think of anything immediately, but if anything comes in these next few minutes. Then... Yes, because I'm always learning, too, because if I hear, I, I feel like when you meet great people, sometimes it's just like one piece of language or a quote or one story, and you're like, oh, yeah, I had something similar, and then it helps yeah. you kind of, it kind of helps you frame what maybe what you were trying to piece together. Well, so well what you were talking about. When you talked about the GPS, it reminded me of a Mike Dooley quote. Ooh, Mike okay. Dooley, who was involved in the secret, thoughts become things, a guy, yes. all, all this sort yeah. of thing. He tells the story about how, um, when you're trying to take steps toward 
well, first of all, he tells it in two parts. The first part of the story is there was a time in his life, long before he became the famous Mike Dooley, who, you know, he was faced with a crossroads. And the way he describes it is there were three possible outcomes. There was the sucky outcome. There was the suckier outcome. Yes. And then there was the suckiest outcome. Oh, but- <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that. See, I could use that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So he chose the suckier outcome. And, and he, what he realized is that like with a GPS, it almost doesn't matter which direction you go. Because if you are like you have the GPS in your phone and you're driving in your car and you start off on the road and you're going in the wrong direction, the GPS, what does it do? It says, make a legal U-turn. <laughs> yes, yes. It doesn't matter that you went the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. The GPS helps you get back to where you want to go to. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And the same thing happens in life. When, when, even if we take what seems to be the wrong step, life gives us these little signals that come along that say, well, if what you want is X, you really need to turn left and left again and go that way. Cause that's <laughs> yes. where X is. I I love that. And, you know, that's circling all the way back to kind of that reverse engineering where when you do it and you mentioned the word outcome, when you do have that outcome of whatever you want to create in 2023 or, you know, even if it's a week from now, but you know what that outcome is. And then you kind of start making moving your way towards that and using that as your GPS, your your location. And, you know, I, I use that all the time, like even if I like sleep in an extra half hour and I'm like, Oh, my body feels a little, you know, more sluggish than what if I would have just gotten up right when I said, you know, very minor things, but you can kind of start tuning into them being like, Oh yeah, that does work or that doesn't work or how I looked at that, you know, how that conversation went, you know, so you can always kind of circle back and get back on track. Like you mentioned towards that, towards that outcome you want. You also strike me and your history really underlines this over and over again as someone who doesn't hesitate to just take some steps, go do it, go just go after it. Right. Yes. You know, I, I do for the most part, there is a lot of analytic analytical mind that I have to at least get some things down, but I do always kind of know. So I'll just give you a quick thing because you were talking about Connecticut. Well, I just was in the Hartford airport on, on Friday. Oh, I was at, we're, I we're literally at, like half an hour from there. We're I really should have waved at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there she is. Oh my God, look at that. There, hey, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Hi, right. uh, have you guys heard of the place called Kripalu? It's, um, it's like a meditation place in the middle of the Berkshires. So I had to find a, I think I have heard of that. I'm trying yeah. to think about It's kind of like a yoga, it's... meditation, spiritual kind of cool place in the middle of the Berkshires. Oh, I know. But... It was a former co-host. I know who it is. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And it's, it's, it's about an hour Uber ride from Hartford or hour and a half. I, okay. but when, so this is something just since you said I was somebody that takes action. So I told you I was working on my creativity. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, has not done a live event for a long time. She hasn't posted on Instagram in like six months. And she posted one day, but I happened to be on Instagram at the same time after I just told somebody I was thinking about writing, that she was doing a writing workshop at Kripalu. And I saw this as I opened my phone and I kind of, again, looked around like the universe. I was like, somebody was listening when I just said about writing. It was the day before I talked about it. And I opened my phone. And I got on there and I go, I have no idea where this is compared to Miami, but I'm going to go. And so I, you know, so I signed up and I went there and I guess I can, since this is all a little law of attraction. So I went there. So I had a flight to DC, then a flight to Hartford, then an Uber in middle of nowhere. But I was on the phone for a week with this taxi company because you can't get Ubers out of Kripalu. It's again in the woods yeah, in the forest. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I have a feeling I'm going to give it one day and see if anybody else is going back to the Albany airport on the way out. Cause I got a one way to Hartford, one way out of Albany. I go into the session the first time there's like 250 people there. And I'm a little, I, I'm not late, but uh, there was like one seat open. I'm like, Hey, can I, you know, is anybody sitting there? Like, no, come on in. So I sat, introduced myself and the lady next to me, was from Iowa, went to Iowa State, and was driving back to the Albany airport on Sunday. Oh my God. And I was like, I was like, I knew what would happen. I just, I knew it. I felt it. And I was so happy. I made a new friend. We hung out. We drove back together. But I didn't, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to put all the bridges together, but I think it'll work out. So that's kind of one of those stories that you do say yes, and you figure out how to, how to you know, some of the pieces in the middle of it will work out. So that was, that was, so I literally just was there Friday to Sunday of this last weekend. So there you go. That's beautiful. (laughs) Well, this has been a wonderful visit 
And we've really loved having you on the show. Before we part company, tell people again, first, where they can find your podcast, and second of all, where where they can find out more about you. Great. All right. Thank you, you guys, so much. This was so much fun. So, again, my on any social media, I started my name with Hey, H-E-Y, and O'Neill. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. I'm going to try TikTok eventually, do my dance moves, but <laughs> hey, Ann O'Neill with no apostrophe. And um, my website is annoneill.co.co. And you can find all the GBL stuff listed there. And the Get Busy Living podcast is on any podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google. I, I, I don't know. People tell me they listen wherever. So <laughs> you can find it wherever. But hey, Ann O'Neill is the easiest way to get in contact with me. So Beautiful. come say hey. Yeah, <laughs> say hey, why not? That, yeah. that was what that was the Willie Mays phrase. I don't know if you knew that. Say hey. I, I'll say hey. <laughs> I love that. Maybe I will see. I you keep learning new things when you meet new people. I love that. When, when so he cool. came up as a rookie in Major League Baseball, he became known as the Say Hey Kid. That was his first nickname. Oh, I don't think I knew. See, I don't know enough yeah. baseball history, but that's really cool, and I love yeah. that. Yeah, awesome. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank, thank you. For- you. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Sam. Oh, I was just saying thank you for coming. We're glad to have you. Yes, I love it. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to, uh, you know, connect with all you guys in real life. So thank you so much. Sounds beautiful. And thank you very much to our podcast listeners everywhere. Because, hey, without you guys, we wouldn't have a podcast. We'll see you all (laughs) next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.